Welcome to The Secret Life of Dietitians. I'm Laura Poland. And I'm Amy Keller. June is Men's Health Month. Yes. And I think this is something that maybe doesn't get enough discussion. I've looked yeah. up Men's Health Month's observances online, and it just yeah. doesn't seem like there's an awful lot that gets talked about. Maybe guys don't really want to talk about their health. Right. I mean, you know, yes. that's kind of a man thing, not necessarily to want to talk about that kind of stuff. But we thought we'd take on men's nutrition, guys' nutrition today, because... Yeah. Maybe there are some unique needs and maybe also looking some, maybe some strategies for some issues that guys deal with. We took a little survey on our social media and I think we have some interesting points that some guys have made about their diet that might even surprise you. So stay tuned. So as we mentioned in the intro, June is Men's Health Month. Yes. And, and I mean, we always think about Father's Day. Right. And that's coming up. Well, actually, by the time I get this out, it'll be after right. Father's Day. Right. They, they, I don't think that a lot of men realize that June is their whole month. Right. <laughs> and if you think about it, you know, it, it seems like maybe women are more focused on their health. Um, yeah. If you look at statistics of who goes to the doctor and who does more preventative care and those types of things. It tends to be women. But I think that men are thinking more about maybe it's more just a function of, you know, modern guys thinking more about their health. Yeah. Thinking more about how to eat right. And, and even, you know, have some of the, some of the same concerns that women have had for all these years about losing weight and looking the way you want to look. Right. And I think that, you know, that's not now just a, a woman thing. And right. so it's a good thing to think about. So we did a quick survey and just, we got a few responses, but I think generally what it showed me was of the responses we got, all of the men that were willing to answer talked about that they do cook, they do kind of plan meals and they do go to do the grocery shopping. Right. I mean, you might assume that's kind of still kind of a woman thing, but it is, but I think men are helping out more. And that's what great. I see. That's great. Yeah. There was some research from the Pew Research Organization that does a lot of surveys. Mm-hmm. And this is from 2014 to 2016. But it shows that, you know, men with kids are prepping meals about 20% of the time. Men with kids are grocery shopping about 20% of the time. I don't know if that's the same 20%, but it might be. It's interesting because the statistic also is like without kids, it's slightly higher. Right. So in both of these categories. And that could just be that, you know, maybe the the situation where there's more time to split that type of thing equally. Now I find too, sometimes in some cases, including in my family, there are some men in my family who prefer to cook more so than the women. And right. so they take that on. And so they are the cookers right. of the family. I would say that's in my house as well. I mean, I, I can't yeah, cook, usually but one person right, that you prefers. Know, my husband seems to have the knack. I always think uh-huh. he has to have the knack for yep. cooking. And he seems to have, he likes to grill. He likes to, right. you know, do those types of things. And so, you know, yeah. I let him, I don't mind cleaning up. Right. You know, yeah. Um, I like to bake. He likes to cook and it's a pretty good mix. Yeah. See, now I like to cook. So I don't mind it either. And so I spend most of the time cooking, but I also like a night off every once in a while. And I like to have my husband cook every right. once in a while right. and switch roles. Right. So 
And it does seem like men are getting more involved. And I think that maybe I've I've seen a lot more men even show interest, you know, just talking casually to people with meal kits. And Uh they're loving, you know, things like Louis Brin. Great for people to anybody that doesn't feel comfortable cooking, but especially to help make somebody who doesn't feel comfortable get more comfortable right. in the kitchen. I think about that like as, you know, if I become an empty nester here in a few years, <laughs> that, you know, meal kits may be a real way to do it. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm, I'm kind of a big fan based on what I hear. Yeah. You know, and you can keep the recipes and those types of things. So I, right. I think that's a, if that's an, uh, something that you're interested in, if you want more cooking skills, this is not just for men, right. but for women too. Exactly. That you absolutely can look at meal kits as a mm-hmm. way to kind of in- increase your culinary skills. Yep. But we thought we'd address sort of maybe the unique me- needs of men as they age. So not just, you know, under 18, you know, obviously that's more of a kid. And of course, you know, I have a teenager now and it's <laughs> eat or be eaten at our house. Now he <laughs> can put away the food. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but younger men, men to more middle aged and then older have different needs. So maybe let's start with that kind of young adult to sort of middle-age-ish adult, that 19 to 50-year-old guy. Okay. This is interesting. Men do burn more calories than women. Mm -hmm. Okay, so they do need more calories and more. they have more energy. But they still need that good variety and balance, and I think that's where sometimes it can be a trouble for men. I was harder for men. Right, well, and the plate is more than just protein. Right, yeah. It's easy to focus on protein. Right, yeah. They think about, I got my meat. Right. You know, at every meal or, you know, large portions of things like that. Yeah. But it's not just the meat. Right. And right. that's, I mean, that's the focus a lot of times with that age, right? They right. They are looking to be muscular and look muscular. So uh, that, it does tend to be a focus of that. Now, like we said, you don't have to overdo it when it comes to protein, for your needs or anything like that. If you have, if you have missed our protein podcast, that's the most recent one. <laughs> that's right. That's Just one podcast back. Go back. <laughs> yeah, you know, we're looking at, you know, about one gram per kilogram body weight. Again, yeah. reminder that your kilograms of, of your body weight are to take your pounds and divide that by 2.2. 2. 2. 2. Yeah. Right. So again, if you're, you know, somebody who's 175 pounds, I don't have my calculator with you, then you're probably going to be about 80 or 90 grams of protein a day. So that's not 200 grams of protein a day. Right. Now, obviously, if you're a very active young guy and you're hitting the gym frequently and you're trying to build muscle and not necessarily gain fat, you might want to have a little bit more protein, but you also want to have more calories. Right. And that's just a reminder. Protein does not put on muscle in the absence of other calories. Right. You have to have the calories there to make the protein work for what you want it to work for. But, you know, if a guy is looking to manage weight, you know, we'll talk about weight management strategies here in a few minutes. Protein is your friend to a point. Right. It's satisfying. It's, you know, one of those things that can like round out a meal or a snack. Mm -hmm. But at some point it still contains calories. Right. Right. You can overeat on protein as much as you can overeat on any other nutrient. Right. And if you overeat calories, it will be stored as fat. Right. End of story. End of story. Yep. So what about the middle age to like kind of almost retirement guys, the 50 to 71? 
Right. So that's when we start wanting to get more bang for your buck when it comes to calories, right? You want it to be what we call nutrient dense. Right. So explain what nutrient dense is. Yeah. I use that term all day long. I use nutrient dense and calorie dense. So tell me, let's explain, maybe explain to our listeners what that means. Yeah. To me, nutrient dense, what it means is that you have a whole lot more nutrition and a lot less calories. So give me an example of a nutrient dense food. So a nutrient dense food would be something like any fruit or vegetable because they have a lot of vitamins, minerals, uh, phytochemicals, Mm -hmm. as well as the major nutrients, carbohydrates, and they don't have, and they don't have a lot of calories. There's like 25 calories in a serving of vegetable if it's non-starchy. And then there's about 60 calories per serving of fruit. Right. And there's a lot of fiber. So uh, when you talk about like the converse of that would be to eat your apple as an apple pie, that would not Mm -hmm. be nutrient dense, right? That would be more Caloric dense. Yeah, calorically dense. Yes. You're still getting some nutrition, but it's in a bigger calorie package. Yes. Yeah. So you're still getting the nutrition of the apple, but you're also getting a lot more calories. Right. So when men get older, they want to look for more nutrient-dense things and maybe less calorie-dense things. Right. I guess the other way that I I tend to... since I've spent some time now working with the younger population is the go slow and whoa, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? So you've got your green, yellow, and red. When you think about foods, you're trying to instead, you want to go for more of those green foods, which are your fruits, vegetables, your lean meats, your uh, whole grains. Mm-hmm. And uh, am I missing anything? Uh, low fat dairy. Right. So those are all green foods. Those are foods that you can eat as much as you want. Mm-hmm. When you're younger, you can get by with eating more of those red foods more often. Mm-hmm. But this is when those you want to kind of cut back on right. those. Those are so it's like an apple is green, but an apple pie is red. Right. I think men think about this age too. You know, looking at the spare tire. Yeah, you know, looking at that, um, <laughs> so you know, women. <laughs> right, they, right. You know, hormones change for men too. It's right. not That's just true. women. Yes. you know, um, mm-hmm. and sometimes there's not a lot you can do to change how your body is aging. You know, but you know, looking at your calorie intake. You know, I was, I've, I talked to guys. That, yeah, you can get away with eating cheeseburgers seven times a week when you're in your 20s because mm-hmm. you're burning a lot of calories your metabolism is just cooking along right but yeah. as you get older you can't get away with that as much wow. without necessarily causing yourself problems either by just eating too much sodium or too much fat which has its own consequences mm-hmm. versus eating too many calories and putting on weight that you don't want to yeah also you know energy levels change as we get older. I know I'm experiencing that, you know, like I I find that it takes me a little longer to recover from things. And I know guys go through the same thing. You know, if you have worked outside and you've been very active and you're not used to being very active the next day, you might be kind of, kind of a slug. And that's that's normal Mm -hmm. to balance out that energy. Yes. So what about 71 plus? So again, guys that are retired, Maybe maybe puttering around the house or uh, hitting the golf course in retirement. Yeah. Um, so at this age, how do things change? 
Well, you know, we de- do see that we, again, de- definitely don't need as many calories. That mm-hmm. It continues to decline. So, right. again, really, really trying to make good choices and try to be as nutrient-dense as you can. Yeah. But specifically looking for getting enough calcium mm-hmm. so that you're not seeing, not putting yourself at risk for falls to cause breakages of bones. So here's a, here's a PSA for men. Yeah. Osteoporosis is not just a woman's condition. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, men can fall, men can fracture Mm -hmm. and they're, many unfortunately so many of the same consequences that women experience in terms of debility maybe ending up in a nursing care facility where no one wants to be you know kind of setting off a consequence of events that's sort of like the end of good quality of life Mm -hmm. so men need to be aware of their own bone health you know and and make sure that they're you know getting plenty of calcium through their diet right so like dairy eggs Mm -hmm. uh Sardines and salmon. My <laughs> dad loves sardines. <laughs> My dad well, well, probably still it. does love sardines. I remember how much those stunk in the house. I could I, I could be up in my bedroom as like a teenager and smell those things. I am not a fan. I, I I was thinking the other day I should try them and maybe it was just like maybe thirteen like them now thirteen year old me going that's gross right? but maybe now it wouldn't turn me off so much but. Right. I will have to try. That's yeah. kind of funny, though, because actually I'd probably go more for the salmon than the sardines right. because a lot of men at this age also have a lot of problems with high blood pressure. Right. So we also have to watch the sodium content of right. what you're eating. Right. And sardines are high in salt. Right. And that's something to think about. You know, there are chronic health conditions that affect both genders, but it's real important for men to pay attention to blood pressure as they age. Yeah. And just making sure that they're maybe sensible about those high sodium choices. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll talk a little bit more about, again, with weight management, how you can, maybe some strategies that men can employ that aren't extreme, but that can also benefit other things like blood pressure, blood sugar, mm-hmm. heart health, those yeah. types of things. Yeah. I think the biggest thing that I would recommend as we age and you're trying to get control of the you know, the the difference in your metabolism, your calorie burned, and try to make sure that you're not overeating calories is focusing on what you should be including in your diet. Mm-hmm. More of those green foods. Like the most of us are not putting enough fruits and vegetables on our plate. So start there. Right. It's a simple, easy way. Right. To try to to manage getting the nutrients that you need to at that age. So okay. So as We've talked a little bit about how men's needs change as they age, but what else might be missing from their diets? We've talked a little bit about calcium already. There are other some kind of other nutrients of concern that are affecting women, but also affecting men. Some of these we've addressed in previous podcasts, but let's talk about them in the context of guys. Okay. So the first one being vitamin D. And again, we had a whole podcast on vitamin D. why you maybe should or should not supplement, go back and listen to it if you haven't. Right. But, you know, what other things could in vitamin D that might be helpful for men? Yeah, it's definitely a nutrient of concern because as we've mentioned, vitamin D is necessary to help increase the absorption of the calcium you consume. And it's not a nutrient that we tend to get a lot of. Right. And if we're avoiding being in the sun and or wearing sunscreen, 
we're not being outside or living in a northern climate. There's a lot of reasons why our vitamin D levels would be low right, and be a concern. Right. And, and as we addressed in the previous podcast, we don't necessarily know if vitamin D levels are necessarily the cause of any disease. Correct. I saw an article today about vitamin D levels and, and some association study again made. And I'm like, yeah, that's nice. But that's an association study yeah. again. We, we have never necessarily established cause and effect right. with vitamin D levels and any particular chronic health condition outside right. of osteoporosis, maybe. Right. But again, it probably is a situation where men need to, I mean, I think it's worth maybe having a vitamin D levels tested if it's extremely low, which is a, probably not that likely to be. Maybe yeah. that supplementation is necessary. Right. But if it's, you know, in the normal range, just again, continuing to get out into the sun mm-hmm. about 15 minutes a day. Yep. Um, and then looking at those other, you know, sources of dairy or of vitamin D. So fortified dairy, fortified dairy alternatives, you know, yep. things like soy milk that's fortified, fortified cereals, oily fish like salmon, yep. eggs, salmon. mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. There are lots of options. And the eggs. Yes. Yeah. Eggs are the naturally occurring vitamin D in our diets. Right. Um, what about magnesium? And again, so, we addressed this in a previous podcast, but let's kind of talk about it again. Sure. So magnesium is also, it, it's actually involved in a lot of body processes. So it is easy for the levels to get low. And at that point, it can increase your risk for heart disease. And we know that is a concern as men age too. Right. So most studies do show that men are consuming only about 80% of the recommended daily magnesium. Do you need that? I mean, the question is, do you need to supplement? Right. Maybe, exactly. maybe not. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe right. we could just focus a little bit better on getting the foods that have magnesium right. in them. Right. Because it, it, there are a lot of them. Right. Nuts, beans, beans. fish, all those mm-hmm. things are good sources of magnesium. And my favorite, dark chocolate. Excellent. <laughs> On to B12. B12 is one of those things that is involved with a lot of nerve conduction in your body. You know, a true deficiency of B12 can be caused by lots of things. It could be an absorption issue. It can be um, a side effect of of different GI surgeries, such as gastric bypass. But it can also be a side effect of some medications. Yeah. Um, Some pretty commonly prescribed medications, including metformin, which is prescribed for prediabetes and for people with diabetes very frequently. Yep. So what are good sources of B12 in the diet? Yeah, so we're looking at meats, poultry, eggs again, mm-hmm. fish and shellfish, uh, cheese and your dairy products, and fortified cereals. And I see this a lot. I think as we age, we do tend to see a decline in our meat intake. Right. And so that could be part of the problem there. So Right. I mean, sometimes it's an issue, I mean, especially as we, we look into men who are maybe over 75 who have dental issues. Hmm. You know, I work in a hospital and, and see a lot of patients that don't have what I would consider teeth adequate for chewing is how I yeah. usually target, right. you know, when they, right. they and it's hard and for them to, yeah, to get it down. And sometimes right. also like just even sometimes, you know, if they've had reflux disease, sometimes swallowing is a yeah. little sketchy. Mm-hmm. And so they may avoid meats and avoid proteins right. yeah, because they're worried about that. This is also, this is not something that I see a ton of, but men who choose to be vegan 
mm-hmm. can be deficient in B12. So right. again, if you're a guy that has chosen that lifestyle, that's great. Right. Um, but you want to make sure that you're getting adequate B12 in your diet. And that's sometimes in that situation, you need a supplement. It is a supplement. Yeah. yeah, for sure. And then into potassium. This is where we get into that blood pressure talk. Okay. So yeah. this is a very essential mineral. And it's sort of the basis of that DASH diet that we've talked about. So reducing right. sodium, but increasing potassium. Right. Right. And that comes from a lot of your fruits and vegetables. Right. It's always hard when I have to put somebody or somebody <laughs> on a low potassium diet because I have to cut oh, out all the good stuff. I right. say, no, there's so many healthy things yes. that are, you know, somebody has kidney disease and their potassium has been high. I always just, it just have to cringe when I no. give them that low potassium food list because like half of the stuff that I had to cut out is so amazing. Right. Yeah. Um, I hope yeah. that they can bring it back at some point. Right. So just focusing on, these are my favorites, the avocados, potatoes, and bananas. <laughs> right. And, you know, oranges and tomatoes but and there's the potatoes and all of those yeah. foods that are so, I would say, I hate doing this because these are healthy foods. I'm telling right. you, you should not eat. Right. And that just breaks my heart. <laughs> right. But yeah. again, the goal is hopefully to be able to return to them. Exactly. Exactly. But for the most part, if you're just, even without the kidney disease, potassium can be lower for men because they're just not consuming enough. Right. And, and again, it goes back to just eat your fruits and vegetables, right. I think. So the two of the questions we got, or two of the comments that we got on the survey was about weight management. And I wanted to spend a little bit of time talking about some strategies for weight management. And maybe they're the same that you might think of for a woman, but I think that there's some things that guys can take away from it. Right. So I thought that was interesting on our study, our, our little survey, because we asked men if they were on a, that, you know, if they followed a special diet. Right. And every single one of them said no. Interesting. No. Yeah. I think women can learn a lot from right. that. Not necessarily <laughs> dieting. Yeah. Right. But all of them, when they asked, when we asked, it was, what would your nutrition questions be for a dietitian? And it was, how do I create a sustainable way of losing weight? Right. It's like, yes, that's what you want. You want to be able to lose weight, but you want to be able to sustain it. Right. right? What a concept. What a concept. So these are smart guys that answered our survey. Thank you very much. You know, just how to eat to lose weight. And then really, you know, also just how to cook more. Right. So. Well, let's start with that. Yeah. Let's start with that. So strategy number one for me, for everybody, maybe, but, but especially for guys, maybe for single guys that are hitting restaurants more often. Number one, eat at home more often. Yeah. I follow on Twitter, Dr. Yanni Friedhoff out of Canada. He's a bariatric doctor, a bariatric surgery doctor. Mm-hmm. He does gastric bypass mm-hmm. um, in a weight management clinic. And his number one tip for his patients to lose weight is to buy a chest freezer. Oh, interesting. Because I, if you have that food in your freezer, uh-huh. you're going to eat at home more often. Mm-hmm. Isn't that fascinating? That's, He's like, that is one, his one tip. Is yeah. to make sure you have adequate room in your freezer. And so if some people, you know, buying a chest freezer. Right. And having that food available makes you less likely to eat out. That's a much better tip than my, you know, no one cares what you eat more than you do. You know, right. so yeah, that's great. But right. <laughs> it's so much easier when somebody else cooks. But yeah, if you have that freezer space and you have what you need on hand, mm-hmm. but then you also have to feel comfortable. Right. In the kitchen. 
Right. And this is something where, you know, I think if a guy is not necessarily, especially a single guy, maybe not necessarily comfortable in the kitchen, you know, or relying on kind of heavily processed Mm -hmm. mac and cheese and bologna sandwiches and, you know, I think kind of time to grow up at that point (laughs) and, you know, maybe look at some things, you know, some cooking skills, not necessarily needing to sign up for cooking classes, but you can. Yeah. Um, These days, YouTube. Everything's on YouTube. Oh my gosh. Right. What a great (laughs) suggestion. Utilizing YouTube. I'm sure there are even just specific guide channels out there for cooking. For men cooking. Absolutely. Yep. I mean, you can look at something like the meal kits, and if meal kits feel a little like, well, I'm not sure I want to do that, you can right. even buy some of these in the grocery and give them a shot. Tra- give them a shot. Right. Yeah. See what you think. If yeah. you don't like it, then don't do it again. But I've you noticed know. that. Yeah. You can definitely just pick them up right there in the grocery store. Right. But a meal in a restaurant contains 55% more calories than one you eat at home. And this is actually fairly old data. So yeah. it could be even more than that now. I think it depends on the restaurant. Right. Because I truly, I feel like I've been to restaurants where it's at least three times right. as much calories as I need right. at one time. So, you know, if you're getting a restaurant meal four times a week that's sixteen or 1,700 calories conservatively, mm-hmm. you might have only consumed seven or 800 at home. And so right. that adds up quickly. Yeah. And if you're doing that three times a week, that's 3,000 calories right there and could result in weight gain of a pound a week or even more. Right. Depending on what you're eating. Yeah. And I would I would suggest starting slow. If right. you're not somebody who cooks normally, you're not going to all of a sudden be in the kitchen every night of the week. Right. So take your time. Build it up gradually. Pick right. a day on the weekend or whatever your day off is and shop and prepare a meal right. and see how you feel. Right. But yeah, you definitely can save yourself a lot of calories, even just cutting it back once right. a week, right. you know? And frankly, financially, yeah, your wallet will thank you. <laughs> right. I mean, that's one thing we have worked on real hard in the last six months is cutting back on eating out. Mm-hmm. and. I've been shocked yeah. at how much Especially, lower bills are. Yeah. Shocked. I know a lot of people who are, have, with the pandemic too, we're doing the DoorDash and the mm-hmm. Uber Eats and all those things that cost even more money. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, yes, you want to support restaurants and I, I'm a I big know. fan of that. I did too. Right. Yep. But you want to be careful of how often you're eating out. Exactly. The second strategy I often talk about is like that fewer processed carbs. And a lot of guys want to kind of, Oh, maybe I'll just jump to, to Atkins or jump to right. keto or whatever. Or even just do no carbs right. and they just don't realize right. what those are. Right. You know, realizing that sustainable, you heard that word, mm-hmm. a sustainable diet to lose weight is all about eating a balanced plate, right. not cutting out major food groups. That's a short-term fix. Yeah. It's a fix. But it's right. a short-term fix. Right. So a sustainable way to lose weight is to look at that really balanced plate. Right. So instead of kind of dumping all carbs, mm-hmm. saying, where can I change my carbs? So if my carb right now is white pasta and white bread and, right. you know, fruit juice and those mm-hmm. types of things pop mm-hmm. as my source of carbs, mm-hmm. where can I make those changes? Mm-hmm. So just switching to whole grain for most of those grains that you mentioned. Right. Uh, whole grain pastas are 
not as terrible as they were 20 years ago. No, I like them. I, I know. Them. I do too. They're just a little, there's more flavor to them. Yeah. There's more, yeah. There's more so, stuff to it. Yeah. Yeah. It's more satisfying. Uh, same thing with brown rice. Right. Uh, now, I, I, if you're dealing with others in the house, kids who maybe just aren't on board with all brown rice, if you start early, they will be. They'll be fine. But if that is a problem, just taking your rice and mixing it. We do that at home. I do that too. I take a brown rice bag. I take a white rice bag. I throw it into a Tupperware thing. I mix it all together. And that's our rice that we have in our house. So yes. I'm doing half of my grains, our whole grains. Right. Which is the goal. Which is the goal. So you don't have to be 100% in on whole grains either. Right. But anytime you can make that change, right. that will that will be beneficial because you will be getting more fiber Helps make you feel full longer, helps slow down that digestion, which helps with blood sugar control and give you energy for a longer period of time following a meal. Right. One um, question I get is about making vegetables taste better. You know, it used to be old school of just steaming them. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Like that was the only way you could prepare them. Yeah. <laughs> what suggestions do you give to your clients on how to maybe make vegetables more interesting mm-hmm. or even, you know, more appealing? Sure. So I have learned just even a little spritz of lemon onto mm-hmm. a cooked vegetable uh, with my green beans. Th- something we like to do here, especially in the summer, is just adding a little herb to it, like dill. Mm-hmm. Dill with green beans is a great combination. Mm-hmm. Even like cutting up raw vegetables and having them handy and having them around. Part of it is just having it. Right. available right. is your biggest obstacle for most yep. of us. And so if we have it in the house, one of the things that I've been actually talking to clients a lot about recently is we now have a lot of those little bags of peppers are readily available. <gasps> I love those. I know. So, so many people think that these are hot, spicy peppers. Oh, no, they're not. They're not. Right. They're the sweet peppers. Yes. Three of those is a serving of vegetable. It's just a great way to just, I can grab three of those, run them under the water and serve them to myself with a sandwich for lunch. And I've got a vegetable with my lunch. Right. That's great. Yeah. One of the other things we've been experimenting with is more roasting of vegetables. Oh, I love roasting vegetables. Right. Because again, adding even just a bit of healthy fat Mm -hmm. and roasting in that way. Mm -hmm. Last night we made asparagus roasted in the air fryer. So if that's something that even if you have an air fryer, if you're a guy who's kind of into air frying things, Mm -hmm. we've air fried asparagus with a little bit of olive oil, salt and pepper. So fantastic. Yeah, seven huh. minutes and 400. I was going to say, that'll yeah. be super fast. It's literally it's so much faster than the actual oven. Right, yeah. So, yeah, roasting, and, and interestingly, we're looking at some pretty interesting nutritional benefits of roasting certain vegetables that need fat. Yeah. For example, spinach, if you saute that in a little bit of oil, mm-hmm. you should get more nutrition out of it. Right. Than if you just steam it in the microwave. And what you're talking about is the fat-soluble vitamins. Right. They need a little fat to get them absorbed. Right. Now, but, of course, fat still has calories. Right. So you can't use a half a bottle of olive oil. Right. I mean, a drizzle of olive oil on your, right, on your right. roasted asparagus or your roasted carrots or potatoes can make them taste better. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can actually get more nutrition out of them. Absolutely. So we talked a little bit about lean protein, but let's talk about a lot of situations where maybe the cuts of meat aren't lean. And sometimes mm. it's hard to know what to buy. 
So when you talk to clients about buying meat, what are some of your best tips? Yeah, my best tips is, well, if you can remember this, this one is kind of hard. It's just easy for me because I've dealt with it all my life. But your like sirloin mm-hmm. and your loin cuts are going to be leaner. If you can't remember that, just looking at a cut of meat, you're looking for it to be less marbled. You want it to be more red color. Right. No, you know, not no white, but less white. White is the fat. And so if it's less marbled, that's a great indicator that that would be a better cut of meat to choose. Right. Because you can trim off that other fat. And if it's marbled into the piece of meat, you can't do that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So if it, yeah, you're right. So if you have like on a lot of pork chops and stuff like that, you'll see the fat on the outside and that's easy to trim off. That's a good way to go too. Right. Mm Mm-hmm. Lean protein can also, again, contribute to those feelings of fullness. This is where we get into snacking. Yeah. So many people, and and this is not just women, but men too, want to snack on an apple. Yeah. And wonder why they're hungry an hour later. Exactly. Gosh, I'd be hungry too. I would You know, that's something that I've been actually personally working on is making my snacks more complete. It feels like, oh, it's more calories. But... Right. It's the secret. I know I'm not going to be hungry. Exactly. For another two or three hours at least. Right. Yeah. Yes, it's more calories, but it's going to balance out the fact that I'm not going to go back for more snacks later. Right. You know what? I see that a lot. I see a lot of people who then they just give up snacking and then they get so hungry at dinner that they eat everything or they go out to dinner and they don't care about the big portions on their plate and they right. eat everything there. And so I think the other thing that I talk to my clients about is just if you're going to have a snack, a lot of them then sometimes I'm seeing they're going to go the other way. And now Mm -hmm. there's like those snacks out there that are just almonds and cheese in a package together. But I've also seen some new, some clients have told me they're eating those P3 snacks. Mm -hmm. And I guess those actually have some dried fruit as well as the, the almonds and the cheese. So you want to balance. You need to have a little bit of carbs with that protein or you rather actually will be unsatisfied. Right. And because it's actually not getting the preferred energy source. Right. So combination mm-hmm. and then you will feel full for a longer period of time and be much more in control at your next meal. Right. Portion control. This is hard for women and it's hard for oh, men it's hard too. for everybody. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I kind of hate the, I hate the term, honestly. I know. Because it feels very much in the diet mentality of you can only have this portion. Right. And it's always hard when I have patients with diabetes to understand that the portion that's in the carbohydrate counting book is not the portion you need to eat. Right. It's the <laughs> portion that has this number of grams of carb. Right. Portion control for men, what kind of tips do you talk about when you see guy clients? When we talk about portion control, you know, I basically talk about when it comes to the protein on your plate, we talk about use the the visual of the palm of your hand. If you kind of think that about that for the size of the meat you want to consume, that's going to be about right for most of us, whether you're a man or a woman. That can help with portion control. The other thing I think that helps with portion control is the things that I don't want you to portion control. Your fruits and your vegetables. 
go ahead and have extras of those. You can have as much of those as you want because you're. it's really, really hard to eat more than a serving of broccoli at one time, right. you know? So if you're really hungry, eat more of those because it'll be higher in fiber. Right. When it comes to portion control, though, to your point with the pasta or something like that, what we, what I tend to talk about, it depends. Like if we're talking about somebody who's trying to really control their blood sugars and, and eat consistently like that throughout the day, then yeah, we're talking about you want to have so many servings of carbs in a meal. Mm-hmm. So it's okay to have a plate of pasta and have all of your carbs coming from the pasta. Right. For your meal. Right. That it may doesn't not have to be, be a third of a cup of pasta. Uh, right, exactly. A half cup, whatever the serving is. Right. Now. I know. I normally say half cup anymore. Right. But so, you know, yeah, you might do a whole cup of pasta some or a cup and a half, two cups for a guy. Right. Is probably not unheard of for the amount of calories that that guy might need. Right. At a meal. Again, like put a general, I, I, I like to think about put a basic plate together and then if you're still hungry after that, go towards those fruits and vegetables if you can. Right. But don't deprive yourself because that's not good either. Right. I mean, yeah, I think part of also is, is slowing down. Yeah. Helps with portion control. Gosh, this is something that I think everyone struggles with. Mm-hmm. All, we all eat too fast. We do. Yeah. It, and it, maybe it's a Western, you know, thing, Western civilization thing. Yeah. We, we all feel like we got to shovel in our food. Part of the time, sometimes you your job. And I get that. I, yeah. That I you're given say, 10 yeah. minutes to eat, mm-hmm. which I think is ludicrous. Right. Or you're a guy who has to eat in the car while driving to the next appointment. Right. Or whatever, if you, whatever you're doing. Right. I don't think that's a healthy way to live, personally. Mm-hmm. I think being able to sit down and enjoy a meal for 30 minutes, this should be a right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. I know it's, I also live in the real world and I know exactly. that's not what people end up doing. Exactly. Sometimes in situations, I've talked to many clients who work in factory situations mm-hmm. who don't get to step away from lunch for lunch at all. Right. I hate that. Yeah. I know. It's terrible. Right. And the other thing is making sure that you are drinking some fluids. Right. And staying well hydrated throughout the entire day. That can help with portions also. So let's talk about fluids for a moment. Okay. You know, we've already talked a lot about calorie control. One area I see that many people can improve upon, but especially guys, is calories from beverages. Mm-hmm. In the form of, I don't see as many kind of frou-frou coffee drinks with my guy clients as I see with energy drinks. Energy drinks, yes. And pop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so each can of pop that you're consuming, it, unless it's diet, is providing extra calories in the diet. Right. And so and in the, completely in the form of sugar. Completely in 100%. the form of sugar. 100%. Right. right. And sugar basically provides you with carbohydrates, but little to no other nutrition. Right. So it's calorie dense. It's calorie dense and right. not nutrient dense. No, there's almost no nutrients That's except carbohydrates. The opposite end of nutrient dense. Right. Yes. <laughs> yes, exactly. But what about energy drinks? One thing that I see is a lot of guys who maybe don't drink coffee or mm-hmm. you know, this is their form of caffeine. Right. Are really hitting these things hard sometimes. Two and yeah. three a day. Mm-hmm. I know what I advise clients. I'm curious as to what you advise clients with these now. Generally, what I would say to these energy drinks is I'd look at what 
the client is doing with their meal intake throughout the day. Mm -hmm. Are they doing these energy drinks because they don't have time to eat? Right. And a lot of times that's what it is. Yeah. And unfortunately it's not a great substitute for food right? because it, you know, ramps you up. Yeah. It might, burn more calories, but you're not feeding yourself anything with right. it. Like, so it's just, right. I would say, I usually tell my clients, uh, well, let's look at, maybe you could eat a snack at this time and let's right. talk about some quick, right. easy grab and go snacks. Even that kind of afternoon slump that we mm-hmm. all get into, yep. you know, especially if you have a job that's kind of, you know, sedentary and, you know, two or three o'clock rolls around and you're thinking I could eat something to eat or I'm getting kind of tired. Mm -hmm. You know, some guys or some girls too might reach for an energy drink at that time. Yep. And maybe at that point you actually need a snack that's got carbs and protein instead of an energy drink. Exactly. Because if you're just doing caffeine by itself in those drinks, which is mostly what they are, especially I see a lot of people going towards the diet ones. Right. And that is just a disaster for the heart. Right. There was a very interesting study. Gosh, it's got to be two or three years old because I remember reading it. It's maybe two or three years old where they did medical checkups on people in in the military services, Mm -hmm. drinking energy drinks versus drinking a caffeinated, just a truly caffeinated beverage. Right. The coffee. Or right. Or right. Yeah. They gave, it was kind of a randomized control trial. So uh-huh. again, people didn't know what they were receiving. Okay. Which is the best kind of trial. Right. It is. You know, they received a kind of similar tasting caffeinated beverage and then other group received an energy drink, uh-huh. which has caffeine, but also has a lot of other stuff in it. Right. That may or may not be healthy. A lot of herbs and those types of things. Yeah. And what they did is they measured blood pressure levels for mm-hmm. several hours after it was consumed. And what they found is in both groups, the first couple of hours, three, four hours, blood pressure went up in both groups. We sure. have caffeine and blood pressure goes up a little bit. Right. But what they found is in the just caffeinated beverage group, the blood pressure returned to normal. Hmm. In the group that was consuming the energy drinks, the blood pressure stayed up. Wow. For several more hours. Wow. Okay. So this is something that to be aware if you are consuming these regularly, right. again, this is free for a guy or a girl who's doing this. There may be blood pressure issues, especially if you already have high blood pressure that you yeah. can be aggravating or, right. you know, again, leaving your blood pressure high like that for several right. hours because of a beverage that you're consuming. Right. And we don't feel blood pressure, so we don't always know when right. it's running high. Right. It's, you know, unless it's really high, right. we usually don't have a headache and that's no. usually it's an asymptomatic type right. of condition. Yeah. Um, and you're not even so necessarily you don't know what you're doing right to your heart. And then, you know, on to uh, the other source of calories I see for a lot of guys is alcohol. But again, Mm -hmm. girls just as guilty about this. Sure. You know, in terms of alcohol calories, one area I can really work with men on is like say, okay, if you're having two or three craft beers a day, Mm -hmm. I love craft beer. I think it's delicious. (laughs) But I also have an idea of how many calories in it. This is not a light beer. Right. It's not. Yeah. You know, you could have a craft beer that can up, run you upwards of 300 calories. Mm-hmm. So if you're having a couple of three of those in an evening, right. 900 calories from beer wow. and a lot of alcohol, frankly. Yeah. Um, Cause they yeah. tend to be higher in alcohol. Uh-huh. Um, I'll put an equip. Um, there's a uh, website I use that does drink equivalents. Yes. So you can put in the percentage of alcohol. Okay. So if you have a craft beer, that's, a, you know, an, an Imperial IPA, that's 70%. Right. Yeah. 
that's more like a drink and a half or almost two drinks. Yeah. Cons- con- you know, as compared to just like a, a Bud Light or whatever. Okay. That's lower in alcohol. See, I'm not a beer drinker, but I do like mead. Right. And mead is a higher. We may be drinking them. We now. may be drinking mead <laughs> now. <laughs> But uh, it's a little higher in percent alcohol than a traditional wine. Right, which I can feel, right? Yeah, I have a small glass, but I can feel it. Um, yeah, it yeah. tends to be a little bit higher per ounce of, 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 of the, the beverage, a higher alcohol content. So here's here's the thing. People don't understand. How, how many calories are in a gram of alcohol? Right. When you think about the calories of, like, a carb or a protein, it's four calories per gram. Fat is nine calories per gram. Right. Alcohol is up there. It's at seven calories per gram. So that's why you want to watch your fat intake, but you also want to watch your alcohol intake. Right. This is something that, you know, we talk about calorie dense. There may be some health benefits to things like red wine, mm-hmm. but generally it's more, it's more calorie dense than it's necessarily nutrient dense. Yeah. Well, I hope we've taken on some of the guys' questions. If you have more questions, if you weren't able to get to our survey, we kind of put that up sort of the last minute. If you were not able to get to our survey, we'd love to hear from you. Mm -hmm. You can reach us at dish at secretliferd.com. You can follow us on Instagram at uh, the Secret Life Dietitians. Mm -hmm. And you can send us a message there. You can also send us a message to our email as well. Um, if you have other ideas for shows, we have a couple of upcoming things that we're going to be working on. Yep. But if you have things you'd like to hear about in the next few months, again, please reach out to us uh, and we will see you next time wherever you get your podcasts.